hey, got a crazy family? Love hearing stories about crazy families? Then you need to check out our brand new podcast called My Crazy Family. Available wherever you get podcasts. Just search My Crazy Family right now. Press subscribe and don't miss any brand new episodes of My Crazy Family. You can even share your stories if you so please. We, we'd love to hear them. My Crazy Family. Search and subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Today on a haunting episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that was the inspiration for the hit 1992 family comedy, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Unfortunately, Hollywood edited out all the parts where Kevin finds himself possessed by a demonic spirit, goes on a murderous rampage, kills a woman who has the pigeons and finds himself laying in a dumpster, surrounded by heroin needles, crack pipes, and is seen drinking the blood of a live pigeon. Damn, that would have been such a better movie. When a man enters a new home in a very crime-ridden area of his city, the last thing on his mind is the idea of ghost. However, he soon finds out from friends, family, and eventually through a first-hand experience that something demonic may be lingering behind the doors of his home. That story and much more, today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 The phone number here at the program. You can call it 24-7 and share your real ghost story there. We may use it on a future episode. And uh, if you are loving uh, this uh, show, if you've just found it this month uh, here in October, uh, we got the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories because we've been doing this show for a very long time. And if you'd like access to all of that all year round, and the show is year round if you're new here, uh, check out ghostpodcast.com. Five bucks a month, you support the show and you get access to our audio archive, the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, thousands upon thousands of episodes. You get our advanced episodes and you get a weekly EPP bonus episode just for supporters of the show and everything there ad-free. Download, binge away, enjoy, ghostpodcast.com or through the Patreon app, just search Real Ghost Stories online or uh, click the link there at uh, ghostpodcast.com. Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Well, I don't want to date ourselves on the podcast too much, but something happened to me this last week that kind of blew me away a little bit, and I wanted to share it with you. Yeah? In the world, we're just days away from the death of Queen Elizabeth II when we're recording this. Yeah. And, um, and I work for a station in the UK, so we did a lot of coverage of it and remembering the queen and all that kind of stuff. And I, I never thought about this, um, but I was telling a, a person that I kind of know that, hey, you know, I'm doing some reports for this and that and kind of um, spending a lot of time on it. And they, they said to me, well, I thought the queen was reptilian. <laughs> and I, I laughed just kind of like that because I thought they were joking. And it turns out they were very serious. Like there's this there's this belief system that the royal family are reptiles and human bodies. And when one dies, that reptile just goes into another body in the uh, royal family. I'm serious. I know it sounds odd. Okay. No, th- this this was who you were talking to? 
I would <laughs> like a friend online who's also in radio and stuff okay. like that. Okay. And, and and they're like, no, I'm like really, I'm serious. I I heard no. that they were reptilian. I uh, I I'm aware of the like kind of about the like that uh, the conspiracy theory um, where they believe that there's a lot of that there's reptilians all in power and uh, they're very specific things and. Uh, who is reptilian? Who is not? I, I I don't follow it enough. I didn't realize that they thought the royal family was. I guess if you were to pick a family, that would be one you'd pick for that conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that it's something that people believe, and it's weird and it's bizarre. Um, but I'm very curious, like to understand. Not that I, I'm going to believe it, uh, but I'm just curious as to how deep does that go. And and where does this start that that one adapts to this belief or what sort of evidence is out there for it? Every once in a while, I'll see like a TikTok or a Instagram reel or something where it's like a conspiracy theory and there'll be some sort of little snippet of, oh, look, this proves they're a reptile because they and it's like this shadow of the image where it was taken on the bad security camera makes it look like something stepped out of somebody's body for a second. And that's usually all it is but it's like see that's their reptile form so i don't know i um i I don't know much more about it than that it just seems like what you do and what i do talking about ghosts and spirits and entities just seems so tame in comparison to people that believe that you know people are reptilian and stuff like that yeah it's one thing to believe in bigfoot i mean i personally i think that that's a possibility yeah uh but oh my goodness yeah, I, I mean, I it's it's very the type of stuff I remember. I think first hearing about it on Art Bell, uh, you know, Good old Art. twenty years ago when I would go to bed. I, I mean, I I think I remember hearing those theories when I was a teenager on that show. Uh, so it's not necessarily something new, uh, but I, I I guess it was always such a fringe thing, and people wouldn't. I mean, the only way you'd hear about it is if you were up at three a.m. listening to Art Bell. Uh, it, but now it's kind of like, you know, everything's fair game. Anything can be a conspiracy theory and it can all be openly discussed and thoroughly believed. And, <laughs> um, you know, and with very great passion, uh, and that's, that's the difference than from the past. Like you could kind of talk about some of these things, but I don't know. I mean, there's, I, I think anybody is, is capable of believing anything right now. I don't know. And that's not to say anything about either party or anything. I just think anyone is capable of believing anything right now. I think you're right. I don't know. Is there something in the punch or what? But uh, it's um, it's an interesting place in time. But hey, it, it allows us to talk about ghosts this openly, too. So and that that's true. And that's a good thing. So I suppose we should just do that tonight and yeah. forget about reptiles. Yeah. But uh, reptiles special next week. Todd's gonna talk. <laughs> Todd Todd talks about reptiles. We'll do it like with really corny music, uh, and it'll do it like a Bill Nye type show. And you're talking about reptilians to children. That's how. That's the approach. Perfect. <laughs> Back to the conversation in just a moment. Uh, first, got to talk about this La Chia. This is great stuff. I uh, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> And and I've been trying to search for a creamer that isn't like a chemical-based creamer that may taste good, but kind of like, what the hell is in here? And, and then there's even, of course, the ones that are out there that are not that. 
I, I, I don't know. I just haven't found something I really liked until I found Lucia. It's uh, organic macadamia milk. I get the unsweetened one. I, I love that one. There's a macadamia milk. There's also the chia and flax vanilla. There's a lot of different options that they have for you. But you're probably like, like what, what is what makes this thing different? Why is it so uh, why is it so special? Why are you talking about it? Because it's great. And it really uh, has has kind of filled that void of either just drinking black coffee or finding something that I wanted. Um, it really fills it fills a void. Uh, I think in the market and it fills a void in what I was looking for. You know, most plant-based uh, milk is full of sugar and provides really no nutritional benefit other than it's not, you know, dairy. As a key staple uh, in our uh, kids' diets, uh, it leaves a lot of room for improvement. I love Lucia's milk because it is zero grams of sugar, is rich in those brain and heart-healthy omegas-3s, so you can use this for far more than just your creamer. I use it for creamer. My daughter likes to drink it just you know, as milk. And I grew up in Wisconsin. We drink milk with like everything. It's organic, zero grams of sugar, rich in brain and heart healthy omega threes, uh, provides uh, prebiotics, which is great for digestion. It's keto as well. Yes. A uh, highest quality macadamia nuts and chia seeds used as well. So it really, it checks all the boxes. Uh, and it can be used, like I said, coffee, cereals, smoothies, baking, cooking by itself. I like to have a glass of it every now and then. You got to check this out. If you're looking for a good creamer, Lachia is the way to go, in my opinion. You can get it through Amazon. In fact, right now, you guys can get 20% off when you use code 20OFFGHOST. Lachia is available on Amazon. Uh, uh, exclusively to our listeners, you get that uh, that discount. You get an exclusive discount. Go to Amazon.com. Use code 20OFFGHOST for 20% uh, discount on all Lachia products. That's Amazon.com. Use code 20OFFGHOST at checkout to get 20% off discount. Use promo code 20OFFGHOST at Amazon.com when you uh, get your Lechia. L-E-C-H-I-A. Check it out. First story says, hi, my name is Jason from South Africa. Uh, an experience happened to me that made me want to listen to a paranormal podcast. And the opportunity that you provide to share your stories made me jump at a chance. We've been living in our, in our house for 16 years. We built the house from the ground up, and we were the first people to build in our complex. Since South Africa has a lot of crime, our first action in the new house was an alarm system. I was still pretty small, but I remember that some nights at around 2 a.m., the alarm will trip randomly in random areas of the house, mostly on the southern side, and my dad would have to go down and investigate. Every single time, there was nothing. This got even worse to the point where it would happen every second night. We disconnected the alarm system for a year or so. When we reconnected it, however, the same trip started happening. We did not want to disconnect it again as robberies happened often in our area at that time. I remember before we renovated our house, there was a room with a pharaoh sculpture that my mother made while in the hospital. They had sculpting classes or whatever, and there were a few old painted pictures that were framed to fit the vibe of the room. This was the last room where the alarm tripped and suddenly stopped. Fast forward till I was around 17. We have since renovated most of the house and the alarm never tripped again. We welcomed a woman from church that had fallen on hard times into our home and she stayed in the room that's now currently mine. The section of the house where my room is currently and her room was located has always been the coldest and darkest part of the house, which makes it even creepier. This woman told us, listen, 
You have to get a priest. There's something in this part of the house that's not right. Something devilish. I feel like I should have done that in more of an accent, but I don't yeah, want I don't want to offend anybody at the same time. Right. So, you see, these are the things you lose uh, <laughs> when we can't just have fun sometimes. Uh, she, uh, although, what would be a good one? Um, I can't even think of her name. Uh, who was the one that was uh, the woman that Sunday or Friday or Saturday or? Uh, Sunday night television show Della Reese. Uh, Della Reese. Della Reese was touched, touched an by angel. an angel. Yeah. What did Della Reese sound like? That's how I envisioned that that sounding. I believe. Oh, okay. She uh, offered uh, to uh, pray for us and those that visit. She kept on telling us that something is wrong. That she sees someone at night. Soon afterwards, she moved out. I obviously thought this was absolute rubbish until I finally got a taste of what was happening. I moved into the room at 19 because it was a bit further away from my parents. This was because I started university and it's close to home, so I still wanted space, but there was no need to move to a dorm. The day after moving into that room, I remember talking with my mother in the hallway, and as I turned my head, I saw a black outline of a person, almost smokish, lunging towards me and disappearing. This frightened me, and I remember asking my mother if she had seen anything, but she didn't. I brushed it off and forgot about it. Yesterday afternoon, I was taking a nap in our living room and something happened that really scared me. It was almost like I was lucid dreaming. But in this dream or whatever it was, I started floating out of my body. I remember seeing the ceiling getting closer and closer. I lifted my head to look in front of me because I did not understand what was going on. When I did the same dark smoke, this figure bolted around the corner towards me. It felt like I punched me in the chest because as soon as it was close to me, I saw an arm reach out toward me and I shot straight back into my body. This might sound like a load of nonsense, but the thing was, when I woke up, my chest was dark red and it hurts to the touch. Still does today, the day after the incident. I do not know what to make of this. There you go. So my understanding that the letter comes from the individual and they're still in college and still living in this room, or am I off a little bit? Um, it, it says it hurts to this day, but I believe there was a reference there to it was like the other day or something. Okay. So that would be my uh, my guess. So something still after after this individual after all these years, basically. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. You know, when you have it, it's tough with alarm systems because those things can trip for so many different reasons and who knows how long ago that was technology was a little different back then and all that yeah. kind of stuff. but you know if somebody's telling me that there's a, a ghost in a part of my house and it's a bad thing naturally just like people who talk about reptiles you want to brush them off and think they're crazy and stuff but you know just again having experienced some things in my life I would definitely go out of my way to try and figure out what was going on back there. Yeah. I would at least take, take their word for it at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's uh, that was an interesting uh, story and, and ways of uh, of perceiving uh, all of that. And, and the idea of this thing where, you know, it's burning out of your chest and it's still there. That's that would be like remnants of something supernatural like that. That would scare me. It'd be like, is there something else going on within me? You know, is this just my skin burning or is there something else happening? Right. 
you know, it has something taken over your body. Yeah. Um, is it is it some health issue that you're not aware of? Yeah. All that kind of and thing. how do you tell the doctor that? Like, how did you get this? Like, well, you know, yeah, because you say yeah. that they're yeah. going to lock you up. Exactly. So, no. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to uh, another letter. It says, hey, guys, I called in about my experiences in my old haunted apartment in Washington, D.C. a couple months ago. And doing so seems to have caused otherwise long since forgotten experiences to surface. It's kind of funny to see how I've completely forgotten things that once shook me to the core and kept me up for days. But now that I remember them, I'd like nothing more than to share them with the RGSO community. The first is from that golden age known as the late 90s. I just entered my teen years and considered everything I was going through at the time. I'm all that surprised that I experienced what I'm about to share. It could have been my imagination, but my gut says otherwise. My grandmother and I left the only house I'd ever known to move to a much bigger house on the other side of Dallas. We moved in to a help a family friend not feel so alone following her divorce, and I was especially excited as I'd never lived in a two-story home. The house wasn't a mansion, but then again, it was kind of palatial and... I had the entire top floor, three giant bedrooms and a bathroom to myself. I loved it at first, but the feeling didn't last. I don't remember how long we'd been living there before the dream started. I don't claim to be psychic or anything like that, but I do think I have some kind of sensitivity to the paranormal and the supernatural. As I've often had dreams that came true or have known things about people, places, and things that I shouldn't have known. For example, when I was living in that DC apartment, I had a dream that my bedroom door had come off its hinges and my purse that was hanging on the door's coat hook hit me suddenly in the face as I caught the door with both hands. As said coat hook stopped me mere centimeters from my right eye. I thought this was a stupid dream and even made fun of it with a few friends. A couple months later, I was on the phone with a friend while adjusting my door. It had gotten loose and I frequently had to tighten the screws. Having tightened them for the millionth time, I turned the knob to go to the kitchen to get a drink. Only... On the half, the only half of the door came off of its hinges entirely and started falling on me. I instinctively put my hands out to stop it. My purse hit me in the face. And the coat hook was staring me in the face like, hey, girl, what it does. You get the point. Anyway, I started having dreams about the way the house looked when it was brand new. And the first family to own lived there. I never saw any parents or anything like that, and I never saw any of it on my own. There was a little blonde girl who showed me different parts of the house. She never spoke to me, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't seem too pleased about me being there. I didn't dream of her often, maybe twice a year until we moved out in 2000, but the memory of her and those dreams have always stuck with me. I dreamed of her one final time after we moved to our new house, but can't remember what happened. I don't think of her often, but when I do, I often wonder if she was real or just a random dream person my mind created. She always looked the same in my dreams, and she never said anything to me. She just showed me that the house had once been different, but didn't tell me anything else. Who was she? Why did she seem so upset? I've never been able to figure this out. I may look into the history of the house to see if the girl even existed. The dreams were only part of the house's weirdness. I never felt comfortable at night. It felt like I wasn't alone uh, many times and like I was being watched. The house felt fine during the day, though, except when I went into the other bedroom and watched TV. 
Our friend was too cheap to buy cable, so she had an illegal hookup for the house. The bedroom next to mine was the only one with a cable jack, and my bedroom could only pick up local channels, so the other room where I did most of my TV watching. I never felt comfortable in his room and would occasionally glance around to see if someone else was in the room with me. There was another room on the other side of this one that was used as storage, and that room freaked me the fuck out, even in daytime. Whenever the door to that room was open or we had to retrieve something or put something away in there, I was nervous to the point of being jittery. I don't know if it was just my fear of the room that always caused this, but then again, I had no tangible reason to be afraid in the first place. My experiences weren't limited to just feelings. I'd hear my grandmother call my name only to go to her and have her look at me like I was crazy because she hadn't called me. Other times, we come home with our friend or some outing or another to see that the light in my bedroom would be on. Granted, I was always in a rush and would leave it on by mistake at times, but on a few occasions, I knew I had it. I get blamed for it 100% of the time and occasionally yelled at because of it. One night, the lamp in my TV room had been left on in addition to the one in my room. I knew I hadn't left it on because I hadn't been in there that day. Not only were these lights left on, but a picture of the family's friend's granddaughter had fallen off of a shelf downstairs. It had fallen so far from the shelf that it had to have been thrown or deliberately knocked off. I was immediately blamed for this, despite it being a really stupid thing to do. My insistence on claiming innocence only made them angrier, though, and it was decided that not only had I knocked her photo off the shelf in a jealous rage, we were friends, but I was also lying about it. Other assorted things happened, footsteps on the stairs behind me when I went up to my room late at night and what sounded like footsteps in the unoccupied room is when I would be downstairs. We eventually moved out of the house after the friendship soured and I was happy to put the house and our former friend behind me. She died in the house about five years later and our daughter was the one who found her. She's designated her daughter to be the executor of the estate, which meant getting the house, bank accounts, and other mundane yet important details squared away. She often had to go to the house to go through papers and get things settled. One day, she was working at the kitchen table when she heard stomping up and down the stairs, across the floors of the upstairs room, and near her mother's bedroom downstairs. The doors were also being opened and slammed repeatedly. She finally said, okay, I know it's your birthday, you can stop now. Everything immediately stopped. Sometime after that, she took her daughter and a friend with her to finish up some of the paperwork. She had to leave and meet with a lawyer at one point, but left her daughter with her and her friend there. When she returned, she found both of them standing out on the porch, looking rather terrified. Apparently, the back door, which was made of heavy oak, had been open, but suddenly slammed shut while they were sitting there talking. As she shared this, my grandmother reminded me that our friend had hated to have that door open for any amount of time if there was no reason for it to be open. So it's not surprising at all that it suddenly slammed. I have more stories to share, but as this one has gone on for a bit, I'll just wait and write in later. Love the show so much that I became an EPP last night. All the best, Elizabeth. Thoughts on that? Yeah, sounds like she's got some abilities of some sort if she's, you know hearing and and uh experiencing things that other people are not experiencing for for whatever reason and there's been some research done on this too but like homes that are haunted 
there's something there. A lot of times, uh, it's found that these entities or these energies will hide out how to hide out in places that aren't necessarily always used. So if it's like an upstairs location that isn't very used, they kind of hide out there to be by themselves or whatever they do in that situation. Sounds like when this individual moved in the house, took over the second floor, that person kind of became a target for what was to come. So great story. Is that why addicts are always creepy? Not just because they're dark, but because there's energy in there that's wanting to be I've left alone. Investigations where, you know, the family claims that something's going on and it's always that closet that nobody ever goes in or that strange closet. Mm -hmm. And investigation is done in there they actually do find something in there yeah and and i think so you know i i had an experience in my house where nobody was living on the second floor and sure enough you start messing around too much and all of a sudden you got somebody walking around up there so yeah i think there's some truth to that i uh this weekend was in an area that had a lot of uh abandoned spaces i was in hot springs arkansas and it's a neat town, uh, but it's it, it was, uh, I guess, much more of a, a hopping tourist destination many years ago. Uh, there's about one or maybe two of the, I guess, like more historic hotels downtown that are still open. Um, and we stayed at one of them. Uh, Ar the Arlington is what it was called. Um, and it is known to be haunted. It's known to, and it's, it's documented. Everybody in the Midwest seems to have a place that Al Capone stayed at. Uh, but this one actually is documented of him renting out the sixth floor, uh, there. And he had a casino right across the street. And it's cool. And, uh, there's, uh, all these stories of, uh, you know, ghost stories that are connected to him and, and so much, uh, the first two of the hotel burned down, this one was reconstructed in 1922, I believe. And, um, yeah, and it's been there ever since. And so you're, do you have any, any experiences in town at all or, or at the hotel? You know, not, I mean, Harper said that she thought she was seeing some shadows here and there, but I had nothing. I slept well. I always sleep well in haunted buildings. Um, but we tried to explore. We walked around with the, uh, the little ghost app on the sixth floor and didn't really get anything that was conclusive or made any sense. It seemed. Um, and I've been in a lot of locations where that app works wonderfully. It really does seem to put pieces together. It just, right. it just seemed kind of nonsensical. Um, and then after we got bored with that, I turned on the Elmer Bernstein soundtrack to ghostbusters and was walking up and down the halls as well <laughs> with the phone in my pocket. And, we're just walking like normal, and it's like, and then it gets to like the climax of like where like they see Slimer, and then I say, "It sees me, Harper." <laughs> did she get that reference? Yes, yeah, she did. She did. <laughs> she did. And then she goes, "I think it's going to slime me, Dad." And we ne we never quote movies. I think that's the only movie line I've ever quoted in my life. Such a weird little cool little family you got. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, we have a we have a great time. So it was a it, it was an interesting city. My point was um, a lot of abandoned buildings though, and big like wonderful historic. Uh, the one that was right across the street from us looked like Dana Barrett's apartment building, uh, wow. and it was once the tallest building in Arkansas, I guess. Uh, and 
just beautiful architecture. All the windows broken out of it. It looked like Detroit. Um, and there was several other resorts down the way that were abandoned. There, they have some good shopping down there in Main Street. A lot of cool boutiques and good restaurants and all that. I wasn't displeased with any of that. It's just there's so much of these large pieces of architecture that are sitting vacant. And it's it's creepy and it's cool at the same time. But I will say this. I don't get vibes in a lot of places. Uh, I, I, I just don't, I think. I get a really weird dark vibe in that city. Yeah. And I don't know why. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, felt, I thought I'd feel like that in Eureka Springs, but I don't. Um, I don't know. Hot Springs. I was there last year. We went and like tried to dig for gold. It was an idea my mom had. Uh, where it, it, it's it's like this park. You go out there and you literally dig for gold and people find nuggets all the time. Um, and my mom thought, let's go do that for about eight hours in the hot sunshine uh, on uh, an August visit in, in <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> so we lasted about like two hours and it was miserable and nobody found anything. Um, but the... The rest of the time we were in that town, we didn't really do a whole lot, but I just I know, felt weird about it. And I was like, eh, I'm, I'm okay to leave here. I don't think I'm really coming back for anything. But then we went down, we had a field trip with Harper's School. And then we explored this downtown, which I didn't even know existed. Uh, and that's, I don't know, it's very heavy, very heavy, kind of dark. There, there's a weirdness there that, and I like weird, but I don't know if I like that weird. So hot springs is there is there like actual water involved with yeah. the city? Yeah, they have they have bathhouses. It's, it's called Bathhouse Row, and you walk down it, and it's all these historic bathhouses, and many of them are active spas now, where you can go into their bathhouse and then sit in the uh, the springs. That that tells me something right there. To me, that that means that there's energy or energy is flowing through that town pretty heavily, and maybe fueling some of that stuff. So. Maybe that's what I was feeling. It could be, but you know, it, it could also be that because of the the natural water flow and stuff like that in mm -hmm. the city or around the city or under the city, that yeah. whatever is there is kind of multiplied or intensified. I don't know what it is because I really want to like that city. I really and there's there's nothing. I was saying to Harper when we were walking downtown the other day. I said, "Honey, I really this is my type of." city i love like these shops and everything and all these cool little restaurants like this is what i dig doing and it's real pretty down there and you feel pretty safe um but i just got a weird vibe here and i can't put my finger on it and i have no reason to feel that way i don't have any like dark stories that i know of i mean i'm sure there are some but i don't know any of them connected with that city that would kind of put that stamp on it so i don't know they just get a weird vibe there no, I know we're headed for uh, next spring or summer for yeah, sure. Yeah, come down. We'll go visit it. It's, uh, yeah, I'll join you. It's just a weird little vibe. But I want, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm sure it's just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Yes, my name is Don. I am from um, St. Louis, Missouri. I have um, a whole lifetime's worth of encounters. I'll call and, and leave them. I don't want to sit here and waste, you know, everything. My um, experience I'm calling to tell you about, um, I'll get right into it. I was about eight years old. 
Um, I grew up in a very abusive um, environment. My, it was my stepfather. He was very abusive to me. So my um, mom dropped me off with my grandmother to raise me um, because it was so bad that um, I stuttered so bad and I didn't socialize. I kept to myself. I played to myself and I'd always have marks all over me. So I was constantly, um, the, the services was being called on them all the time. So my mom just eventually dropped me off with my grandma. My grandma left Missouri and went up to Indiana and um, my mom dropped me off there. And then I started getting, you know, better. I started opening up and socializing and coming out of a shell that I was in and started being able to say the cat without taking two hours of saying the cat. But anyway, um, my mom wanted me back. So my stepdad is in construction and he built this house and it was in like a, um, like a housing complex in St. Louis. And my room was pink, pink walls, pink blind. And there was just a bed in my room. I had nothing else. There was no posters, there was nothing. And when I came to stay, I, uh, they got me a balloon and it was a pink balloon and I was sleeping in my bed one night and then I woke up to, um, I woke up to the balloon hitting on the ceiling of my bedroom and I woke up to the pull, 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 pull sound on the ceiling. And I was sitting there and I was staring up at it and it was in the middle, dead in the night. And all of a sudden the balloon started to move and it moved across and then it went under the door frame out into the hallway. And it was still making that sound that pull, pull, as it was going under, it hit the ceiling and it was bouncing off the ceiling and scooting along the ceiling. And my brother's bedroom, both my brother's bedroom was right next door and their room was all blue with blue blinds and they got bunk beds, but they had toys and everything because they had stayed, they, they were my stepdad's brother, uh, not brothers, but boys. And um, it, the balloon went out in the hallway, went under their door frame, went into their room, went to the middle of the room where their light was, and then went, um, came back out, came towards me, went, under the door, or uh, around the door frame again, it pull, you know, as it's making go, it's making a pull, pull, pull sound. And it came back out in the hallway and I'm standing there just staring up at it. Look straight forward is the kitchen and it started heading towards the kitchen. And out in the kitchen, there, right by the back door that goes out into the yard, there's also a garage door right beside the back door. And it would go down in the basement, you know, the basement. But, um, the balloon started going in the kitchen and I stopped right there in the hallway and I was watching to see where it was going next. And then the balloon started, it went under the door frame and started to head downstairs into the basement. And I had this really weird, creepy feeling like it went up my spine and it told me it said run. And I was going to follow it, but something like a feeling was just like, no. And I ran into my bed and I threw the blankets over my head and I don't know why, but I thought sitting there going, you know, plugging your ears, blanket over your head going, mm, 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 you know, like it was going to protect me like, like, uh, like I 
I don't know, shut the door on a monster and was and was um, safe or something like that blanket and that noise. I don't know. Like mentally, I guess it took me somewhere else and, and maybe it saved me. But all I remember doing was making that, and I was so scared. And I was so concentrated on you know the the singing and plugging my ears that next thing you know I woke up and it was morning and I pulled the blanket off my head like it, it happened like I don't know how in the world did I fall asleep fast and um and I, I don't know what happened that bloom and I never went down that basement my brothers would go down there and play and um there was one time I remember walking at, like in broad daylight when my brothers were down there and it was the only time I walked down there because I wanted to know what happened to that balloon. And I walked down the stairs and I didn't even go into the basement. I was scared to go into the basement. But I stood there and while they were down there playing and riding their bikes and stuff, I was looking everywhere and I, I don't know I don't know what happened to that balloon. I was just there. I don't know what happened to it. Thoughts on the missing balloon? Well, it seems very, very creepy, obviously. Um, she said bunk beds, and I was like, ding, there you go. I got it right here. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. um, I, uh, you know, it's hard to know. The balloons act weird and do weird things because of airflow and all that, and um, hard to know. But, um, you know, if she's got more stories about some of the stuff she's been through, I'd love to hear that and see if any of them are connected in some way and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, it's uh, it'd be interesting to see some of that. All that kept going through my mind was Black Balloon from the Goo Goo Dolls uh, while she was uh, telling the story. See, and I'm thinking of the movie It and yeah. the balloons go down by the grate and then... Yeah, I just saw the Goo Goo Dolls last night. Uh, really? And, yeah, I'd, I'd never seen them before live. Uh, and they were good. They were... they Johnny Resnick still looks exactly as he did circa 1998. Um what what is the deal on Johnny Resnick? What is what what's his, is did he have some sort of facial thing that happened? <laughs> what are you trying to say? He's got a weird look to him. Well, I, I, he almost looks like he's had a lot of plastic surgery. I think he probably has either that or he just has not aged very well. Well, no, he looked like that twenty five years ago. Yeah, maybe maybe there was. Um, my impression of it back then was like maybe he had bad acne or something like that. Okay. Or maybe it was an accident and and whatever. Um, and I, I met him before, like way back when. Yeah. Um, I never had the guts to ask. So. And I tried to like Wikipedia and look it up because I didn't want to like say anything like you know not to him, but just I didn't want to like like say oh like what's going on in his face? It was like oh he like, was in a horrible horrible accident or something, and because I didn't know I I I but I. Never found anything that answers that question. Maybe I'm just searching. I don't know. Uh, so then, of course, I go online to look at him, and yeah, his face is pretty creepy. Thank you very much for that. Go. I won't sleep tonight. You know what I said? Because <laughs> uh, uh, my girlfriend mentioned like he's he's always had that it's a strange look, and and I said, you know, it looks like somebody who went to their plastic surgeon and said, "Make me look like Keith Urban." <laughs> <laughs> That's Johnny and, Resnick. And, and went to his hairstylist and said the same thing. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's like, I want to look like Keith Urban. That's, that's, it's like kind of a Burt Reynolds job on Keith Urban. Uh, but uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's something that I'm missing here and it's a horrible reconstructive thing. I'm sorry, you know, but he's always just kind of had a weird look to him. It's, uh, I can never keep my finger on it. 
<laughs> Maybe he's like a lizard person or something. Oh my God, that's right. He could be reptilian. He's what a, are we thinking? That's of? the answer. He's a freaking reptilian. Well, oh. there we go. I'm glad that uh, that we've settled that now. That, well, the uh, story's out now. Well, the guy in the purple hair in the band could certainly be one, I think. But you know. <laughs> That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Todd and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Johnny. Thanks for listening. 